G'day guys and girls and welcome back to the second part of the Trade Review Podcast here with the Extended Bench. We're going to jump straight back into it and get into all the uh, fantasy repercussions of the 2018 trade period. I'm back with Matt and Brody. Yo. Let's get straight into it guys. We're... <laughs> Yo. <laughs> I thought I had to say something. Who are you, man? <laughs> and I, I was drinking. I was like, oh, shit, I've got to say something. i got to jump in, man. Do you say that to all the girls in your bedroom? Oh. Just, yeah. oh. Well, funnily enough, there's none in here. Yeah. So it obviously doesn't work. Your, uh, your fiancé, just... Oh, she, special lady. Yeah, she's she's very, lucky, very lucky lady. Um, all right. Uh, you're the love guru. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Uh, we, we still don't know who's in charge of the uh, dating advice AFL. It could be Matt Sneakily. Uh, that would be I, really sad. Yeah. Yeah, I think <laughs> I have better things to do. If, if that horrible Twitter account comes out with one post that just says yo next year, <laughs> we know who it is. And also, you say we have better things to do. We've just spent an hour recording a fantasy football podcast. And we're going to spend even more time recording part two. Alright, I'll correct uh, we clearly don't. Alright, guys, let's jump straight back into it. Will Satterfield to Carlton. Shall we just throw this open to Yeah, gonna, I think we're going to throw this open to Brody because apparently he has something special for us. I am all aboard Will Satterfield. Okay, he was a pick five and he was someone that Colton really wanted. They bid on him and they, they there on the draft year. Essendon also considered taking him with pick, pick one, one He's when they very, took Andy McGrath. Yeah, I can speak from experience. I mean, um, obviously we've done uh, the draft or mock draft yep. podcast in the past. Um, I did look at Will Setterfield the year before that, I believe it was. Yep. Uh, he was a really highly rated youngster. I mean, this this kid did have something special. He's exactly what they need. I mean, he's, he's not there yet. He's only... Well, being in the system two years, but he's going to be that big bodied midfielder eventually for Cripps to actually get some, I guess, some weight off his shoulders to say. There is one, or there are two glaring downsides with Will Setterfield. One, he's coming off an ACL. That's a hard ask for anyone to break into clearance midfield time coming off an ACL, and he's probably a bit limited in whatever roles he can play. The second one, and this is the one where Matt and I will really agree on this, we were so high on Matt Kennedy last year. You were in love with Matt Kennedy. We were all aboard the Matt Kennedy how did, how did that train go, by the way? Was it, it a smooth ride? The, I think it's at the bottom of a gorge somewhere. Yeah, it went bam, bam at the bottom of a gorge. <laughs> bam, bam. <laughs> See, that, that's how you do an intentional punch. That, that is good. That is solid. Um, the thing about that is I was so big on Matt Kennedy because he was just an accumulating ball-winning mm. mid, and we, we probably got a bit optimistic thinking that he could get clearance midfield time yeah, in such a short period. He could yeah. come straight in and be their champion. Oh, I didn't think he could save it. His disposal was horrendous, oh, but I thought... <laughs> Like, <laughs> pretend to save it, you know? <laughs> but with Setterfield, for me, I, if it weren't for Matt Kennedy, if you wiped a year from yeah. my memory, mm. I would be so, 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 so hot on him. But, like, Kennedy is, um, has, has he's burnt me. It's too raw. It's yeah. like that girl in the past, and you see a lot of the same signs. And, like, Setterfield is that girl. She's probably a bit more attractive, <laughs> you know? Like, a bit safer. You don't think there's any red flags <laughs> apart from... Christian's face right now. <laughs> She's done an ACL, so she has, like, one bad past experience, which has messed her up in the head a bit. But, like, it's got him cheaper as a result, so it's kind of a positive, right? <laughs> The thing about Setterfield is, in fantasy, he has an absolute lock at 250k yeah, for me. Yeah, okay. all aboard. 100%. But keeper all leagues is the really hard thing where I value him. Because he'll go early. Yeah, I reckon he's... So, I reckon 2019 is not going to be his year. 2020 will be his year, I think. I, so I think we're looking at him a year early. Yeah, in draft leagues, yes, but I think for salary cap leagues at 250k, you've just got to start with him. He's, agree, he's too yeah, cheap. I agree. Not to, too, too cheap not to. Um, and I, I strike what I said earlier, Matt, about you possibly being the uh, orchestrator of the dating AFL advice. It's probably because it's absolutely you, Brody. <laughs> <laughs> and and with that, we move on to Sam Lloyd. Oh, so just before over we, we do, oh, we're wait. saying Setterfield, yes, salary cap. Yes, salary cap. No, no draft. Yes, yes keeper. Yeah. yeah, take him. Depending on your keeper spots, the more keeper spots, the earlier you take him. Yeah. In like a twelve keeper kind of league, which I think he's, you, you can't don't. take him. You, you yeah. can't. But no. in a in but, a you know fifteen to twenty keeper sort of league, yeah, you take yeah. Him. But you, you watch him really closely in that twelve. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so Sammy Lloyd to the Bulldogs. Um, 
No relevance in this for me, but I don't know about you guys. He's, he's played 37 games in the last three years. He's only had six scores above 80. I actually don't even know if he's best 22. Yeah, same. same. Uh, because I'm not sure what he is. I think he's out for me. It's very interesting to see. Like They brought in him for depth, but you know they played um, Bailey Williams a little bit up forward towards the end of the yeah. year last year. Um, yeah. And obviously they've got... You know, there's a, a small chance, and I'm a little bit worried with Dalhouse going out, that McLean may play a teeny bit more forward time. I reckon there's a good chance of that. But, um... I don't, I don't think. But I don't. I know you're. You're a. Uh, I'm a I know. Man. I seem biased. Yeah, but I think um, Dowhouse, if anything, took a bit of midfield time still at the end. So mm. I think mm. it, it could help them. And they have small forwards by the likes of Lipinski. Um, I mean, Tory Dixon. I don't. Lipinski. Jesus. <laughs> don't even get us started on he, Lipinski. But. <laughs> He's going to play... I think Liam Picken comes back into that team because apparently he's over his concussions. Him, yeah. um, you then have Billy Gowers, who played every game. So I think McLean's probably half forward and then pushing into a midfield yeah. role. Mm. Also, Mitch Wallace can play a similar role. Yeah. So yeah. Bailey Dale comes back in, your boy. So oh, yeah. my boy. <laughs> he one missed one all that. Right? Yeah, oh, so. Bailey Dale. Yeah, oh, Bulldogs... Yeah. They're looking to work up. his way up the Bailey rankings once again. Yeah. Uh, so it's a long, long ladder to climb. Oh. So we're in agreement, <laughs> Sam Lloyd... Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Sam Ward's a pass for us. Alright, so the next player is the one we were talking about a little bit earlier, and we will touch on him again, is Aaron Hall to North Melbourne. I'm I'm a fan of this because he is very discounted. Yeah, he I've got the very exact discounted. price that he's at actually right here. Um, if you give me one second. I think it's around about 620k, is it? 618k? Yeah. So that's a, as it says, yeah, 12% discount on 98, which yep. it prices him at 86. So there's definitely upside he, there. So he averaged 71.7 this year, but that was with two injury-affected games of 14 yep. and 36. You the 14, out. surprisingly enough, sorry to correct Actually, you. Actually, no, that was an injury. It was no, an injury. it was just him being terrible. Was, no, it was Bailey Banfield. Oh, it was, is like yeah. the greatest of all. He Bailey Banfield tagged him for a quarter. He got no touches. And then Stewie Jew, his resolution to that was... I'll camp all at full forward. Yeah. <laughs> because my team is the best at moving the ball into the forward Didn't line. Didn't even give him a chance to fight through it. So yeah, yeah. I, I do remember that. Yeah, I know so, you But if it. you take those scores out... Because you take those out, his average was 95. Yeah. yeah. Surely and players like, um, you know, if Zeeble's going through the middle, or especially Ben Cunnington, they're going to be the ones most tagged from North Melbourne? I think, yeah, Zeeble play permanent forward. Because yeah, we talked about all those, yeah. those yeah. mids they had earlier. But yeah, but he Cunnington, could Cunnington, Cunnington yeah. or Higgins get Higgins tagged well before um, Hall. Yeah. So, so in his last two years, he averaged 105 and 98. But so. at Gold Coast, with no competition for midfield minutes and playing essentially like 100% midfield. I, but I still on, think there's enough bonus there. There's enough upside to say that, yes, you can select him as like that mid-priced yep. uh, midfielder in salary cap leagues, yep. that one that you think is going to jump up by 20 points, or... You can, if he falls low enough in draft leagues, yeah. you can take him there. Well, at 86 mm. average, if he gets even 100, that's worth the pick. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. If you think he gets there, I personally, I don't. I don't like North Melbourne's fantasy game, and I think he'll yeah. play on flanks and stuff. I reckon 94 to 97. That's nice. yeah. I think 94, 95. Yeah, yeah mid, mid-90s for me as well, which is an increase and is enough to, you know... To it, it's a little bit of inc- you make a little bit of money. Yeah, on I think there's probably going to be yeah. better options. It's it'll be interesting. I I still think that there's a chance because a lot of his scoring, you know, when he scores well, they're massive scores. Oh, well. when he goes big, he goes. There's very such big. upside there. Um, it'll be an interesting one to watch as well. Like you say, his position in the team. Yeah. Like yeah, what what is security his, is the question exactly? Um, the next pick was Jacks or next trade was Jacks Grimshaw to Hawthorne. Um. There's no relevance here from a uh, salary cap, realistically, for me. Um, draft leagues, no. Keeper leagues, I'd have a look at him. I would so absolutely have a look no at him. No relevance in salary cap. He's very... I guess he's very he's cheap. Really he's cheap. really cheap. If he's got a... I don't think he has a spot this year in the best 22. Would you like him to pull up the best 22? Pull it up. <laughs> All right. All right. Here we go. Give me one second. Awkwardly. Well, I, I've got a okay. theory on what they're asking. So, Grant Birchall comes back in for starters. So, mm-hmm. that's one guy. Then the back line, you have Ben Stratton. James Sicily. I have Ricky Henderson on a flank currently, but that that's yeah. subject to change. I, I think Henderson will play right yeah. out of the back. Yeah. Like James Frawley, mm-hmm. Blake Hardwick. Absolutely. Then on the bench, you have I have Sean Burgoyne, James Warple, Segler or Howe, depending whether they want to yeah. one rock or two, and then yeah. Harry Morrison. Yeah. I don't think he's anywhere near getting ahead of any of those guys. No, he's no, not. Which means that 
I I wouldn't want to select him round one no. in a fantasy league. No, that's he, fair. he could be that guy that you bring Mid-season. in midway through if he gets a yeah. game. Yeah. But um, have a look at him in keepers because he was a very highly touted young seed. He was a pick number seven. Seven. I yeah. Think. Seven. Yeah. Um, Two years ago, and I, I think from memory he's a. Decent size and he's a really good kick, isn't he? Yeah, fantastic. They, kick, I, I know that they've bleated on about this on, on trade radio the past couple of weeks, but he was almost a like for like for Grant Virtual. Yeah, so he is a virtual replacement. Exactly. Oh, they brought him in for a couple of years when Virtual moves on. He will probably get a go earlier than that when they move Henderson on. Yeah. And um, I don't want to speak on behalf of you know him as a person, but there are articles which have been written. It, it, mm. This is direct quotes from Gold Coast and people who have coached him. His headspace to me didn't sound like he's ready for all at AFL level, and no. sounded like he was—he actually had a very immature approach. Now Hawthorne will get the best out yeah. of him. You would, yeah. you would think it's a much more professional environment than the Gold Coast. But I think that keeper—he's definitely a watch list. But it's two years away at least for me. Oh, it'd be a very late keeper pickup yeah. in a top-up draft as well. So he would not go in your initial um, keeper draft if you're doing key, uh, your first year of your keeper league. If you're doing a top-up in a deeper league, you could take him with one of your last See, picks. Yeah. I, yeah, you could. Or you could just leave him and hope he goes under the radar. And pick, pick, him up, up, pick him up on the way away. Yeah, I would touch him, yeah. yeah. I'd keep him under the radar. Yeah. Because I agree, I think he's a couple of years away, but I reckon he'll be a good pick then. He's the sort of guy, if he starts piecing together good scores in the VFL, jump on it early. Yeah. Um, all right, yeah, next uh, next trade was George Horn-Smith to the Gold Coast. Um He's more expensive than I expected him to be, actually. He did play four games this year for an average of about 63. Um, High score of 120. He's priced at 60. Smack on a 60 average. 430k. for Just over that. Last year, seven games for 73.6. Is that enough value? For well, it to be a, a mid-pricer in salary. Here, here's the thing I'll go back I to. I don't think he's best 22. He's definitely yeah. not best 22. And I saw um, Dragon talk. They've provided so much good information. But they were talking as if he's a walk-up start. It's a given. Mm. He will not play. I have Will Brody potentially missing out. And he's streets ahead of him. Absolutely. And that's, again, you're not including any of the possible draft picks yep. in your best 22 outs. Exactly. And so, are, they've got a lot of draft picks. Apparently, uh, he's a great trainer and a great person around the club. So yeah. I reckon they brought him in for culture. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and depth. Culture and depth. depth. Yeah. Culture yep. and depth. Um, so yeah, so, so it's a, part, a so hard definite pass. pass. Yeah. Um, all right, Tyson Stengel to Adelaide um, is a hard pass from me, realistically, yeah, as well. Yeah, small forward. If has played two games for 38 and 45. And I think um, McAdam probably... Like, I really liked what McAdam did this year um, in the lower levels. I think he might get a spot just ahead of Stengel, and we were worried about his spot in the best place. Yeah, I think both Stengel and McAdam will be fighting with, like, Gallucci, Paholki. Yeah. Um, the I've got a lot of that sort of... Yeah. Yeah, I think um, if Stengel plays round one, he could be your Dan Butler mm-hmm. of uh, two years ago. Um, yeah. So I'd keep an eye on him if he's named, but I, I don't think he will be. Yeah, yeah, he could be that late flyer. Yep. Also, do, does Adelaide have the coolest names for their small forward? <laughs> they do. <laughs> okay, Gallucci, yep. Stengel. Miller, I moved to the back line, but I love that name as well. It's hey, uh, got some good names. Yeah. Duday. I know Duday. he's a back oh, Duday. Um, all right, so uh, the next trade oh. was... Now, this is interesting. Tom Scully to <laughs> Hawthorne. Um, well, I th- for me, it's the exact same boat as Dan Hanabry. Great call, yeah. yeah um, I agree. You watch him in the preseason, and if he's playing and moving freely, you pick him. Um, he is priced cheap enough to be uh, a bargain in salary caps. Priced at fifty nine, so cheap. Um, and same as Hanabry, so exact the last same. Two years, he went at eighty one point nine last year off twenty one games, and uh, ninety six the year before off twenty two games. Crazy, yeah. Um, so. It's all about whether that ankle Exactly. It's all about how he's looking, how healthy he is. Um, so for me, like I say, watch him in the preseason. Um, in your draft leagues, I wouldn't reach for him in your regulars. No. Nah, nah. He's a name, though. In your keeper top-up drafts, he will be, or he will have been on a lot of um, waiver wires this year. No one would have picked him up or no one would have wanted him in their team, which means he'll be available in top-up drafts. So yeah. he could be one of the very first picked in the top. I'm up draft. not sure I'd take him that that early, even in a top he, up draft, until I see some. Good that's signs. that. Like I said, this is all dependent on how he looks. If he looks good in the preseason, if he's moving well, and if he's running up and down the wing mm-hmm. like he has been, yeah. that he could easily be a, a you know a pick around about ten something like yeah, that. Yeah, like ju- on the back end of the top ten in your draft. Yeah. Yeah. So um, and is... again, this is a keeper league top up draft. 
if someone so, out there in a redraft mm, takes him at pick 10 that is ridiculous if, if we could guess his average to give those people in redraft more of an indication mm-hmm. yep. what do you think he'd be at if fit um, who did he go to again Hawthorne. He went to Hawthorne. He could be a 90 averaging player. 95 yeah, averaging I player. I agree. I think with Tom Scully, um, it, where, where it's different to Hanabry for me, even though the comparison's great, um, Hanabry I've seen for a year play through and look terrible. Scully was good until the injury. Exactly. So it was. it's the sort of thing where if he can get back out there and I see him in a preseason... Mm-hmm. I'm happy to take that gamble straight away. Yep. Whereas Hanabry, even if he's playing, I'm like... Uh, You're still a bit iffy. Yeah. You're still yeah. not 100% sure. But like I said, that, that comparison isn't so much in terms of their playing styles and that who they what they will be as yep. a player this year. It's more just, would you look at them at the start of the year? It's they a great comparison. Take, they have to their prices are, essential, are just about identical. Mm. So you probably can't start with both. If they both looked healthy at the start of the year... I would take Scully. I would take Scully. Yeah, I'd t- yeah, I'd take Scully as well. Yeah. All, yeah. all agreed, that's weird. Hanabry would have to go like ninety plus in Hanabry preseason and I'd be very confident. Because he's yeah. a better player than Scully, but yeah. like mm-hmm. I think he's done. Yeah. Yeah. The, the uh, thing with Scully that I mean, I know we've just spent all that time talking about it. No, but that's alright. The draft pick that went for him. I'm really concerned about yeah, that. that. Yeah, that great is point. It's absolutely he ridiculous. Went for what, a he went That's for, a great point. What pick sixty five? And or apparently, like the Hawks offered pick a future first until they did the medical. Yeah, and then after the medical, they changed that to a, a fourth rounder, which is very interesting. That's a lot of alarm because bells. if he if it was a future first, we'd all be sitting here right now, and I'd be going, "He's the biggest lock of yeah, the competition." Absolutely. Yeah, but. But there Hawthorne's... could be some ducks and drakes about that. There could, there could be, a, be there could be a little bit of you be. know Scully only wanted to go to Hawthorne. We heard today from GWS that they only wanted to do well by the player. Yeah, um, they've got the best medical the, team. The Saints would have offered Hawks. something better. Yeah, I think the Hawks medical team. If anyone's going to get him right, it'll be. Them. I thought O'Meara was, was done. Yeah, yeah, I was very very didn't, nervous about him. Didn't the Hawks just lose one of the great all time oh. um, rehabilitators to Carlton? Yes, they did. So Russell, that yeah. would be very. Does mm. that change? Things. I mean, he's one of the it best might. of the past decade, it might. if not the best. They've been miracle workers with those. But at sort the of same injuries. time, he would have implemented a procedure and a strategy yeah. which yeah, they, everyone they else would be aware yeah. of. I guess, yeah. True. Um, and they do have a very good doctor as well. I forget his name, but um, the one that was dealing with Jaeger O'Meara and a couple of others, and he's been fantastic. All right, yeah, the only gonna... AFL doctor I know is that guy that has the, um, the oh the bulldog doctor. <laughs> uh, you don't know his name, but you just know he's the, the guy with the moustache. Oh, all right, we'll move on to the next one, which is Taylor Duray to the Western Bulldogs. Oh, so that's one of your boys. Uh, no, this is another one of my past <laughs> boys, which is why I'm saying no, I'm not um, touching Taylor. Duray. Again, I hate to keep being best twenty-two, best twenty. He's not best twenty-two. No, he's not. He's not. Certainly, and people have him in the Bulldogs team. He will not play. No. Round no one. chance he's playing round one. Eastern no. Wood, Jason Johannesson, Hayden Crozier, Matt Suckling—they're all their starting backs, and, and that's yeah. not even including Norton and Morris, who are the Bailey Williams, who should be. Playing I have the Bailey back. Williams and Everidge on the bench, mm-hmm. who would easily be ahead of him. So yeah. there's Does no he, way does he sneak him. a spot in the forward line as a, a pressure oh, forward. That's a great point. Uh, yeah, he has played up forward, but he no, does, not for me. Though, but he's irrelevant anyway. Yeah, fantasy irrelevant. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so it doesn't so matter. Yeah. I, I would say no across the board for me. I'm not taking him anywhere. Perfect. Yeah. Agreed. Um, all right, Ooh. the next pick. Oh, hello, um, the Chad, Chadwick, Chadwick Chad. Wingard. Um, all right, so he's moved on to Hawthorne. Um, really good trade, actually. I think it, if Chad definitely wanted to go back to Melbourne or to Melbourne, um, this was a good time for Port to do it. Um, when they could get some they value out of him. Again, I think Wingard was the better end of the deal, mm. but Port got so much considering. I like Burton. I, I still really rate Burton. He, he had a bad year, and this was technically his second year, and we know a lot of players get second year blues. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also got pick 15, which is really good. Um, all right, so Chad Wingard to Hawthorne. Whoa, all right, so in 2016... 18 games for 71.6. Yes. 2017, another 18 games, but 92.2. This year, 21 games, 82.3, a high score of 124. Um, The second half of the year, he had five scores above 100 and another five above 80. Yeah, Mm. I I also have similar stats. So, 
um, as you said, he's priced at 82. He moved to the midfield, pretty much coincided straight after their buy, which was fantastic because oh. everyone picked him up, in, or a lot of yeah, people picked it, him up. He was, and he was brilliant in the midfield. Yeah. And when he played midfield forward that role, mm. he averaged 96 in his last 12. Yeah. Okay? Now, at Hawthorne, they have Luke Bruce, Jarman Impey, uh, Jack Gunston, Paul Puopolo. So they're not going to play him as a small forward. Exactly. I, he is I going to be he's a, midf- he's a midfielder, a, but Sorry, with that ability to be electrified. He's going to be a high half forward. Yeah, I'll see that. Yeah. I think with burst through midfielder, the midfielder. Yeah, I think midfield forward. I think he'll it'll be a split mainly midfield. If you're comparing him uh, like time splits, I'm going to say Dusty Martin style time splits. Yeah, so, yeah I can see so that. So sixty to seventy percent in the midfield. With the rest of the time spent, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I can see um, that. So, which I really like. Um, he's going to be one of the better forwards for me this year. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I, I, he's, he's probably the guy that I am most interested in from a draft perspective I, next I, year. As a draft, and also <laughs> as a salary cap, to be honest. I mean, he's priced at about what eighty-two. Is that it? And that... we're on the same legs. Yeah, priced at eighty-two. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think we're all in complete agreement. I think he. I mean, he averaged ninety-six playing that role at mm. Port. I think that's probably a bit optimistic, but I think he averages ninety minimum. I and, think so. And I, I honestly mm. think. I don't think he averages a hundred, but I no. think he could get close to it if he played the exact. Mm. If he plays this midfield role we're talking about, he's that good. Yeah, and they don't have midfielders. No, no, it's they a, need to build the midfield depth, and I think he's going to be. Yeah. yeah, I think Chad Wingard just across the board for me. Um, mm. Keeper leads. It's an interesting one to think about though, because if he does play too much midfield time. I can't see him playing too much, but Dustin Martin yeah. with that time split is still rated as a pure midfielder. The if player. Chad Wingard loses forward status, yeah. he has very little value. I to think it. the thing about this, though, is yeah. they're very desperate, the AFL fantasy guys, to get as many pickable guys as possible. Especially in the forward Especially line. Especially in the forward line. And Wingard will still, if he plays 30 40% there, he'll kick probably 30-plus goals this year still. So I think he'll justify enough to keep it. Yeah. And I think that... It's the perfect scenario. I think he's a lock for me in AFL fantasy because I think yeah, he is. he'll be a top six forward, not including DPP changes. I agree with that. Yeah. At, yeah, yeah. He might he might fall just on the other end, maybe like to uh, maybe at six, seven, or eight or something like that. Yeah. At, at worst case scenario for yeah. me. But even then, it's worth picking considering his average is, uh, or what his price at is much lower than what we believe his average will be. So. You know, worst comes to worst, you're making a bit of money from it. It's great, yeah. Um, all right, so I think that's across the board agreement on Chad Wingard. So we'll move on to the next, which was Sam Mays to Port uh, Adelaide. What about Bert? Is that have you missed that? Burton's part of the, part of the, uh, the trap. Uh, Burton. Oh, hello, Ryan Burton. Yeah. Oh yeah, Burton. We did miss Burton. Apologies. Uh, so Ryan Burton uh, to Port Adelaide. Okay, so I. I don't know what to think about Burton, even though I'm a keeper owner. Yeah, you are a keeper owner, so this so is good to get your I think the, the positive I'll look at straight away is Port have three very good tall defenders in Dougal Howard, Tom Cleary, and Tom Jonas. Mm-hmm. So he's going to play there, and he's not going to play in any sort of lockdown capacity. Okay, I'm confident that he, they will use him for his kicking. Yeah, I don't yep. think he'll play a plus one role. Um, like that loose man, but I think he could be a user well, of half back. Really well. Yeah, so I think also that he could play to a wing because he's a great kick going into the forward I, line. I reckon that they might try him on a wing because yeah. you, you I, I agree, he's not going to be in lockdown because they've got those mm. other guys. Mm. They've got um, the guys that we spoke about earlier that push Pittard out of the side, so yeah. Lonard or whatever his name is, um, Bonner. Houston and Darcy Byrne Jones. Mm. So I some of those guys lose value because of Burton coming into the and side. And he's better than all them for the record anyway. Yeah, yeah. He is. Yeah, but Brian Burton's where a very is he good best player. utilized? Uh, like I, I kind of agree with you when you say he could be used off of the wing. Um, they tried to use him a bit up forward this year as well to ill effect. Like that just did not work out. He's so a very good forward. I. Is he? Right. Yeah, he, he played, played there as a junior. Age, yeah, yeah, junior. Is, he did. Or he may have played under forward. Uh, forward underage, but. At AFL level, no, he's he, never did, he didn't untested, produce. Yeah, yeah. Um, he didn't produce um, playing in forward roles for Hawthorne last year. So, um, I I think that he's worth a look at. Jeez, he, absolutely, he's a holding keeper leagues for sure. He's yeah. a, he's going to be a great player in years to come. Um, in draft leagues this year, I'm a little bit 
worried you take him on the back end somewhere because yeah, I, I wouldn't take a risk on he's him. He's a late pick with upside. Yeah, I, think, I agree. I think you, you're not ex- picking him expecting him to go back to 86 in his first year. Yeah. I think he's probably more high 70s, mm-hmm. mid mm-hmm. 70s. Which means he's not as a mid-pricer in AFL Fantasy. No. He's not really going to do it either. So... I no. I just I couldn't justify picking him this year in a draft league really early or in AFL fantasy, but in a keeper league you hold. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so, I agree. Um, hold and uh, you know you'll reap the benefits in the future. Uh, all right, so back to Sam Mays over to Port Adelaide. Is this just a no considering how many halfbacks they've got? I agree. I, I think don't think it's a no. I don't think he's best yeah. twenty-two. Right, let's just no, move yeah. on. Yeah, he's he's not best twenty-two. Unfortunately, he. He had so much upside as well when he first came into the comp, didn't he? Mm. Yeah. Alright, this is a big fish. Lockie Neal to Brisbane Lions. Really big fish. I mean, you two are both Frio fans, and yeah. obviously I don't think we want to talk very about... Very same guy. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, he's one of the best players in the comp for me. Um, he, well, in particular, he's one of the best mi- inside midfielders in the comp yeah, for what me. he does, he's one of the best. Um, so, uh, you know, he averaged just over, a tick over 100 this year. Yeah, um, do, you want, do you want me to give the numbers? Yeah, go. This year, 22 games for 100.2, high score of 138. Last year, 21 games for 100.3. 2016, 22 games for 111.1. Mm. We made jokes all year on the podcast about how he would routinely rack up 30, Hamble 35 touches, <laughs> and he'd be going at like 90 or 100. It's Yeah, well, he was handball happy. I mean, he, if he had 40 touches, he might have 30 handballs and 10 kicks. I reckon... At Brisbane, that will even out. Yeah? You think so? Yeah. Interesting. What is there a reason for that, or is it just sort of a gut feel? Mostly a gut Mostly feel. Mostly a gut feel? Um, Brody's looking really upset at me, so I think No, I'm just... I'm thinking. That's my thinking face. <laughs> oh, no. I must be the biggest downer at work <laughs> You're a... Oh, thinking back to better you days. You look like you just want to shoot me down, but you're thinking about whether or not it's, it's going to be too harsh for one. No, um, no, um, not at all. I, I think, yeah, I think Lockie Neal holds what he is at the very least, and he may go up to, you know, about 105 at max. I can't see yeah. him going up 110 plus. If you think plus. about it at Frio, the midfield was basically him and five. <laughs> yeah. He had 100% mid-time. Yeah, yeah, and he would just be getting the ball, handballing it out to one of the Hill brothers or yep. somebody else on the outside. Yeah, at Brisbane, as strange as it seems to say, I think there's going to be a little bit more support for him inside. Yeah. Weird. Now that they've lost Beams, it's worrying to me. That's the when, one thing, when I yeah. first heard Lockie Neal to Brisbane, I thought Zorko Beams Neal Beams is going to be a jet in fantasy next year, but. When I heard that they were losing beams, that's one less person to target with a tagger. Yeah. Um, still, you go Zorko. You would go Zorko. Of course you go Zorko, but... And, and you're, not, you're not tagging two people in the Brisbane midfield. Yeah, they're not, not that good, but I think they are going to be good enough to give him a bit of support. I yeah. wouldn't start my year with him in fantasy. Yeah, I'd want to see him for the first two games and see how his, you know... Play style goes, Agreed. whether he's handball happy still or whether he evens that out. Interestingly, DT Talk is saying that they have him consider him in the second round of your draft at the latest, which would put him 15 to 20 overall. I don't have that optimism. optimism and that's, that's in a 10 person draft league, yeah, yeah, which, yeah, is, so which is average. I would not have him 15 to 20. No, I would have him maybe 25 to 30, yeah. 20, or something around about there, or maybe 20 to 25 if you really saw upside. I think he can go 105, but I wouldn't be picking him with the confidence he goes 105. No. And I think actually the far more interesting thing than Neil himself is the resulting impact this has on Freo. And I'm not just saying this is a Freo supporter. <laughs> Lockie Neal played all the mid- midfield minutes for the last however many years. Okay? Absolutely. You have now Nat Fife and no one. Yeah. Our midfield is like some desolate wasteland right well, now. You've got, you've got, got like, Reese Conker. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You've got like, and, and, and Chile, I take it all back. And Travis Cole you got drafted. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Travis Cole, you wait till we get to him. Um, you've got little saplings growing in so, that desert wasteland well, though, in terms of Chera, in terms of Brayshaw. Um, but, and that's about it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I have, I have, well, I have two big takes now that I would like to, oh, to go with. I do okay. enjoy your takes. Go for it. Number one is, I think Connor Blakely has to come back to the midfield. 
Absolutely. And I've been saying that all yeah, season. I've been looking at a lot yet. of numbers from Connor Blakely. So Connor Blakely in 2017, this was kind of before or, or as he was starting to break out as a player. He went 94 from the 10 games he was an inside mid in 2017. Mm-hmm. However, if you look at those games, he improved the more he became accustomed and um, mm-hmm. with the role. And he got an average of 104 from his final six. Yep. That is not including when he went back to halfback and averaged a ridiculous amount. That was mm-hmm. as a mid fielder or a midfield tagger. That is very interesting. That's mm. extremely good numbers for someone I'm guessing priced at about 90. He will be cheaper as well considering how much time he missed. So he'll get a discount this year. The second um, thing? Oh, sorry. sorry no, no, I was just saying that he will yeah. be cheap. Andy Brayshaw will play 100% midfield time just about Inside now. midfield as well. He was improving as the year went on. Yeah. Um, he actually averaged 86 from, I think, his final four games. You can see his last... He was looking more comfortable. He also was on 55 before Andrew Gaff. Um, what was it? An attempted push to his face? Is that what the, the West Coast I, supporters... It was, it was an attempted push to his chest... With a that, closed that, fist. That hit his face. That is, Thank you very much. Uh, I often push things with my fist. Yeah, oh, I, I always push things with my fist, Matt. I'd like to push you with my fist right now. So, um, the point I'm making is I think there's a lot of upside in I say in your bedroom. <laughs> oh, wow, wow. Oh, seems like, moving a, weird, right seems along. like a weird place to hold the podcast now. Uh, moving right along. Oh, uh, man. I actually think... I don't know what Andy Brasher averaged. I'm guessing it's low 60s, if anyone has it. Just talk a little bit. Andy Brayshaw, uh, I, I, he'll go up quite considerably. I think he could get up 20 points. Yeah, I could see it. Oh, maybe 15, I probably yeah. I like, cons- like he just could, to be conservative. He could average 80 as a second mm. year player. So he went at 66.8. So I reckon he averages about 80. 80 Which to, is... I reckon 80 is doable. Yeah. Because uh, it's a big jump to say that he goes 85 to 90. No, That's so a big jump. I think, I think I was under the assumption he averaged a bit Like in the, in the 50s yeah. or something like that. So yeah. I think we, you could pencil him in quite easily for, say, low to mid-70s. But, oh, but 80 is mid- very doable. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, that is a good point. There is going to be a flow-on effect from Neil leaving mm. in terms of that Fremantle engine room. So are you? would you consider, though, that they might swing Mundy back into the midfield for a year or two and, take, and allow Brayshaw to just continue to evolve naturally? Brayshaw will get a lot of mid-time he was this year anyway. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think Mundy comes in, but I don't think that necessarily I, hurts Brayshaw. I, I do definitely agree with you there, though, Matt. They are going to need a little bit of protection. Like, you can't just go into AFL matches with Nat Fife only, who is injury-prone as yep. well, or suspension-prone, yep. um, and, and say, right... It's Nat Fife, and then we've got some kids. Yeah, uh, because they, Blakely and yeah, yeah, they sure. are going to get wrecked if they yep. don't have Mundy and Blakely and those sorts of guys coming in there. Agreed. I don't think Chera will get any midtime for that reason. I, I think, think it'll still be maybe too lightly built. yeah, he'll get, he'll get outside midtime, but exactly. not not that. So you have what Fife, Blakely, Mundy, Conker, Brayshaw. Yeah. That's kind of your. Mm. It's not a uh, inspiring so outfit, but Blakely and <laughs> Brayshaw for me are going to be recipients of yeah. um, some extra points. Um, Alright, we are going to move on because yep. we have talked quite a lot about that and Frio, but we're getting to another Frio import in Jesse Hogan. Um, Alrighty, so we actually had a discussion about this off air earlier today, Brody. Yeah, not during work hours, that's for sure. Just I just want to put that out there. <laughs> Considering we came straight from work, I don't believe you, but continue. <laughs> I think we're on exactly the same page with this one. Um, do you- you go. You, oh, well, what are we doing? Because I have no idea yeah. what you're talking about. I would really like to know. All right. So basically, we're thinking that he's going to be pretty average for the next year or two. <laughs> Good description. <laughs> pretty average for the next year or two. Yeah. You don't want to be the spearhead of the Frio forward line. At the oh moment. God! You don't. I'm a Ross line. I'm a Ross line. But in say two, three years' time, once that midfield has developed and gelled, and they're actually delivering the ball to him. In a way that's you know semi AFL standard, yeah, um, semi AFL standard as well. It's going to take some time. It, it's freer. We have low expectations. <laughs> I think he's going to be he's going to jump right back up to be very relevant in draft leagues. Yeah, I do. I definitely agree with you. So I would not be jumping on Jesse Hogan this year. Um, in uh, salary cap leagues, in draft leagues, I'd be letting him fall a little bit as well. I'd pick him if he fell quite late. Yeah, but or not. Oh, well, obviously, you're not getting him in the last round or something like that. Like, that's no, not what I mean by falling year, late. But this year, and I get that he was playing for Melbourne, who have about a million inside fifty entries every game, yeah, which were terrible entries, though. Yeah, well, probably three of them. Were. And also, yeah. he's had a lot more of them. Also, he played in the midfield some of the time as well. He did, yeah. But he had 
He played 20 games, 9 scores above 100, and 6 of those were 110 plus. Yeah, he's going to be a good player, So you're going, but it may be around about round 6 that you pick him up in a draft. I think later than that. You've later, got to, so what yeah. do you think, 7, 8? I think... Like, Oh, 10. 10? Wow, he falls that far. I think, for me, round 15, and I'm a Jesse Hogan keeper owner, I wouldn't touch Jesse Hogan wow. on a 10-foot pole this year. He's, wow. He's... So pick 150 in a redraft league. I I think he averages league. 75. It's free, man. It's a very big drop. Yeah. Like, I think it's 75 to 80. You can't underestimate how bad, bad that delivery is going to be. To That's him. a good and point. he will be double teamed every Every week. time. I think that going forward, he'll be okay. I, I really like him. And in keepers, that's I, so valuable because he's, he's a perma forward. Mm. And that's so hard to get. So, so and, and you look at... He went at 89.1 this year as the key forward. Yeah. yeah. All right. In keeper leagues, that's gold. Mm. Yeah. I think you've swayed me on that one with Jesse Hogan. I mean, I was never going to pick him up early. Yeah. You guys know my opinion on that. But... Maybe even push him back a little bit later in the draft. Mm. That leads on uh, to the next Frio import, which was Rory Lobb. I'm assuming it's the same, if not no, less. Completely fantasy irrelevant. irrelevant. Yeah, so just I wouldn't. I wouldn't believe that. The only relevance he had was when there was the chance he was going to be the lead ruck at yeah, GWS or West Coast. Or West Coast. Yeah. Yeah. But he doesn't want to play ruck. If he's he was not going to get enough of the ball, yeah, if, yeah it's just you're not, dropping him in keepers, I imagine. I'm dropping him, yeah. 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 I'm not even going to bother trying to shop him around. He's just gone. Um, all right, so we'll move on from that then. Uh, Stephen May to Melbourne. Um, I mean, not not for fantasy, not so not for salary cap leagues. Absolutely not. Um, he'd be all right in a deeper league because he, I mean, he averaged 75 um, this year. Last um, pick, second last pick, some, yeah, something like I, I'm that. I'm not interested. Okay, so he's I'm a, not interested. He's all. a defender who could average between 75 and 80, and sometimes those guys are, you know, worth their weight in gold when you get them super late. I'm talking really late, like yeah, the thing you got to like a Jared Harbrow, Jeremy McGovern, those sorts of guys who just consistently score you around about that to push up your points. Yeah, I can't see him doing the same intercepting. Type role for the you amount. Think of, you think he's going to be a lockdown? I think he's going to be lockdown. They yep. got him in yeah. to lock down the number one key forward. Yep. They've already got interceptors in Lever when he comes back from injury in Hibbard. Um, I'm sure there's other ones. They've got rebounders already. They've got too many rebounding mm. halfbacks. Yeah. I, I don't think he's going to be a distributor or an interceptor. Yeah, I agree yeah. with Matt on this yeah. one. Speaking of another rebounding halfback over to Melbourne, Kate Collajasny. Exactly. Um, and I, I honestly struggle to see. Him getting into the best 22 sometimes. I agree. Um, yeah. He There are a lot of those rebounding guys. I mean, Jaden Hunt wasn't getting a game. And even though, yes, he's not the best defender at the moment, he's got some raw ability and they could have played him. Yeah. Um, I, so, I, I wouldn't be picking Cole Jones. I, I don't know if you guys see Totally that agree. I think, yeah, um, I think he's an, they got him as an upside pick mm-hmm. just to see what happens with him, if mm-hmm. he can get back to full fitness. Um, and until we see something... Yeah. And um, Hunt is an interesting one because they were asked about him and they seem to really um, rate him internally on AFL Trade Radio. And I, I know every player is going to be talked up and spruiked by their like, by their own yeah. club, but mm. I, to me it felt genuine. I felt like they want to inject his pace long term and put him back in the side. You've got to figure out how. Um, and I think yeah, Jordan Lewis, Lever Hibbard, Frisch, Salem—they're all yeah. ahead at the moment. I would say. Yeah, so. yeah. I agree. Uh, all right, on to the next one. And th- I mean, this is a straight pass for me and Jack Homsch. Going to be a very good key defender, but I wouldn't be looking at him in any format. Totally agree. Yeah, replacement for me in actual AFL, not fancy really. Right. Um, same with Jackson Thurlow for me, to be honest, from Cats to the Swans. I'll pass. Can't see him fitting into their best 22 unless there are injuries. He's a good depth player for them. Yep. Uh, it's a pass for us. Yep. Agreed. Yep. All right, this is going quickly now. Uh, Marcus Adams to the Brisbane Lions. Um... I'm going to almost pass entirely on him as well in terms of the fact that they have a lot of those tallish and and rebounding defenders as well Mm -hmm. in set marking with it and obviously being the pick of the bunch. But um, I think he's a good key defender personally, but I don't think he's fantasy relevant. He's useful for their depth, but yeah, yeah, not fantasy relevant and he can't get on the park anyway. Hang on, I've seen, uh, just uh, looking at the um, uh, DT Talk site again, obviously, that's where we're getting a lot of our stats from, thanks to the boys there for putting that up, but um, it says here that Max Adams is 21. Surely he's not 21, I swear he's older than that. I believe he was drafted at 21. Okay, that, yeah. that makes so, more sense. I think sense. that's an error that they've had there. Okay, yeah. that's that's okay, because that dude is not 21. No, he's no, not. I'm pretty sure he was a mature age Jeez. draft. Jeez, what would he have looked like at like... 
13, still would look like a grown man. Channing right. Tatum in like 21 Jump Street. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Jordan Roughhead to Collingwood. Um, again, pass. for me, pass. Yep. They brought him in to be a backup key defender. Well, to yeah. be a key defender because of injuries. Yeah. So, no. a, lot, a lot of these late picks were obviously, um, uh, you know... Building depth. Yeah, just, just building a little bit of depth arms. into the team. Okay, so... Um, so from Jordan Roughhead, who do we have next, Matt? Travis Collier. Travis Collier! To uh, <laughs> from Essendon to Frio. Um, depth player only. I'm not even sure he'll be best 22. And we were just talking down the Frio midfield before. Um, yeah, pass for me. He'll yeah. play plenty of games simply because They injuries. need someone in the midfield yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, but he's probably, he's very fringe. I don't know if he starts uh, round one, but he'll probably play 15 plus games still. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be looking at him to be no. honest. See, um, I could see him being um, Daniel Pierce. Yeah. Mm. Mark two. Yep. Um, Alright, uh, Dylan Shield to Essendon. Um, this one intrigues me. He was priced at, or he will be priced at 89.1. That was his average last year. Yep. Um, the year before that, he went at 94.5, and the year before that, at 98. Yeah, so he's never... I don't think he's ever broken the 100 in terms of averages. Um, he's hes one of those guys that's more flash than um, accumulator. He's a better AFL player than a fantasy player. Yeah, yeah. and there, there are a lot of those guys out there. Uh, so... I think it does benefit him being at Essendon, uh, but the one I think it benefits most is Zach Merritt uh, for me. Like, it, oh, this yeah. is another flow Interesting on. Interesting take. I like the flow on, yeah. I think Dylan Shield, like, they've got to stop the prime mover. Mm. And Zach Merritt is that accumulator. He's a good kick of the ball, but he's an, more of an accumulator, and Dylan Shield will be their prime mover he's next year. He's the one year. that hurts you. Yeah, exactly. I agree. I think at the end of the day, you're game planning for Dylan Shield, not Zach Merritt. Which means that the tags will go to will pretty much always be on shield, which means that Zach Merritt won't have to worry about the tag as much. So, yeah, for me, that bumped Zach Merritt way up. Well, ta- Zach Merritt was already someone who would be my top five in a redraft next year anyway. Yeah. Or at le- minimum top five midfielder. I mean, so. c- considering the hurt he gave a lot of people who would have drafted him early last year. Um, yeah, that's you, Matt. <laughs> um, putting your hand up in the corner there. Um, I... I reckon he makes it probably around about 7, 8 or something like that, to be honest. I, I think he's, he's probably end of first round because of that. People will be a little bit burnt from last year. Yeah. But I agree. I, I reckon he's really, really I would good. take him just about top three or four. So I think he's worth every cent this year. So yeah, I'll, I'll probably start with him in my actual fantasy team as well. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Who was the uh, next, next trade? We have Nick Newman from Sydney to Carlton. Interesting. And all Nick Newman's always had fantasy chops, hasn't he? Yeah, so he's played two... He's, he's had games in two years. Um, 2017, 18 games for 86.6. This year, 10 games for 76.1 because Sydney always have to have someone that's on the outer. Mm. <laughs> I think um, he'll struggle for games this year. I, uh, I think he yeah, will play quite a lot. So I currently have on the halfback line, I have Dale Thomas, Kate Simpson, um, and then Sam Doherty also. I guess one of them yeah. is going to play in the back pocket. Dale Thomas, as much stick as you want to um, give him. He had a really good year. He had a year. very good year. Caleb Marchbank mm. will also play as that intercepting yep. defender. So I think it is hard for him to play halfback. He might get pushed to a wing or something, which really didn't work for him this year at Sydney. Yeah, I think he plays games, but like I could see him vying for a spot with someone like Lockie O'Brien. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't like him, won't be drafting him, even though I like his fantasy chops. Mm. I probably agree with that assessment, yeah. Yeah, I agree, I agree with that. Um, I don't have any issues. So, um, no in salary cap and probably no in draft. He's a well. great mm. flyer in draft simply because it's hard to get at the end of the draft people who have shown an ability to get 80-85 average. Yeah. And Colton probably, they like to possess the ball a bit. Mm. So, I, for that reason, if he's playing, I kind of like him. I just wonder how long it'll last. Yeah. Um, I just want to quickly deviate just for a second. Um, I just going back to what you said, Brody, earlier about Zach Merritt being close to your top five in yep. the draft. Now, uh, Matt and I, as part of Extended Bench, we uh, mm. participated in a mock draft a few weeks back the way too early. Uh, with the uh, the Fantasy Hour over in Adelaide, the way too early mock draft. Um, so we actually went through and you know chose vaguely where what the draft selections would be at so certain points. The first three rounds of the draft for next year. Mm. Um, there were some um, limitations on um, 
DPP. Yeah, exactly. Um, some were t- some were given DPP. Some were taken no, away. He, he was best guessed for DPP. But Zach yeah. Merritt actually slipped to about thirteen in that. I th- I think that's um, because wow. I, I, so I, I think. Oh, I just like to. These read, were experts. Yeah. <laughs> right, I want to read you some of these guys. <laughs> Self appointed experts. <laughs> I want to read you some of these guys and give me your opinion on who sure. it would kick out. All right, so Tom Mitchell, number one. Um, sorry. Should you clarify, this was a captain's league, so that makes it a bit harder. I always play in non-captains yeah. because it's far fairer. Yeah, so this, this was a captain's okay, league, yeah. so, which yeah. means Zach Merritt was bumped up a teeny bit more. Which I will say explains my draft pick at number four. It yeah. does. Uh, all right, so Tom Mitchell at one. Um, I'll titch you. Yeah. Uh, Jack McRae at two. I'll go Zach Merritt. Oh, over Zach Merritt. Because oh. Zach Merritt's done it for two and a half years, Ooh. and Jackson McRae's had one big year. Yeah, I don't think a, a lot, lot of... Yeah, lot I of... think Merritt goes over 115 this year, and I think McRae, I know he averaged so, so, so well this year. Mm. I just would feel safe for getting Merritt. I'm very high on him. Yeah. Um, all right, Brody. so Brody Grundy. I'd take Grundy. Uh, Paddy Cripps. Merritt. Max Gorn. Oh, now that we know this trade, you but back then probably would have gone Max Gorn. I'd pushed Max back Gorn then. I would have down. gone Gorn. Now I'd go Merritt. Yep. Um, Trelaw. Merritt. Kelly. Merritt. Dangerfield. Merritt. Wait, Ooh. is Dangerfield a mid forward? Yes. Dangerfield. Um, Oliver. Merritt. Yo. As a mid. Mid yeah. only. Merritt. Oof, interesting. So, and then Merritt fell back there. there was Who would you disagree on from that list? McRae? Uh, I, McRae, I, abs- I disagree on McRae. I absolutely yep. rate McRae higher than Merritt next yep, year. Understandable. Yep. Um, and so the Paddy Cripps was my pick. I probably have Paddy Cripps ahead of At the Merritt. time, um, Dylan Shield wasn't in their Dylan squad and he was still squad. susceptible to the tag. Yeah, and with that pick number four, I was going, I need someone that I'm pretty comfortable is going to pump out captain scores every week. Mm. And he will, yeah. So, so hence Crips. So mm. now, I might be more inclined to go Merritt, but I really liked Crips and to the last yeah. year. Um, so that was just a, a little bit of a, no, that's a, that's um, interesting, a thought process there. there. All right, we are going to get back into the trades, yep. Um, yep. but very interesting to hear your thoughts on that, Brody. So Nick Newman's Carlton, I think we were all Newman sort of passing. Yeah, yeah not, in not too formats. interested. Final um, trade. Final trade. All right. Another big one as well. Dane Beams to Collingwood. Now, I'm just going to put my thoughts out here and you guys can argue over it afterwards. Sure. I'm not touching Dane Beams next year. Uh, in draft leagues, obviously, you take him somewhere, but I push him down a little bit in he terms of value. He slides. Um, keeper leagues, you obviously hold on to him if you own him. And mm-hmm. everyone will, every single league, there'll be someone owning Dane Beams. Um, and in salary cap, I'm not touching him because he's priced at around about 105. And 105.8 this year. Yeah, and uh, I mean, he's not going to average that in the Collingwood. I mean, Collingwood, yes, they, they do average very high, but there's surely a limit to how many midfielders there will yeah, be well, able to score. Yeah, Brisbane, he, were, he and Zorko were the clear number one and number two mm-hmm. in the midfield. Go to Collingwood, he's also he's got Pendlebury, Trelaw, Adams... Um, Sire Sire Side Bottom Um, I can't believe Side Bottom slipped all the way down to 6 in that list Um, uh, and they've got a few more in there as well I mean obviously if Dugowie's going to be coming in and spending some midfield time not anymore he won't (laughs) this kills that well that's if Dugowie comes in and does spend a little bit of time there I mean obviously their halfbacks rotate through there in terms of Crisp does go through a little bit um uh, who at Maynard goes into the midfield a little bit as well Uh, I mean realistically They've got too many mouths to feed now. There's only I think, so much football to go around. So, don't get me wrong. I don't think that, you know, Adams probably holds what he averaged last year. Yeah. Phillips might go up a little bit because he's got that natural increase. Sidebottom will go down a bit. He Definitely. had a career best year. Yeah. Um, Trelaw might hold. Um, I think he holds. Yeah, he yeah, holds. I think Trelaw probably holds. But for me, Dane Beams goes down. I don't think he averages 105 in that stocked midfield. I don't think he averages 105, but I don't think he's far off it. Um, yeah. Back mm. in the old days at Collingwood, they had a stacked midfield, and he went way over 110. Um, and they had Swan, Pendlebury, Prime, uh, Ball, Sidebottom, you know. Um, I th- Sidebottom was just starting then. He was basically Tom Phil- what Tom Phillips is now. Yeah, just sure, that random winger. So definitely, yeah. Beams was the third, probably, I would say, because Ball yep. was sort of on the way out and left yeah, um, fair point. just after the grand final from memory. Definitely, yeah. um, so he was the third. Now he's probably the fourth fifth. I disagree. I think Trelaw's the one and I think Beams is the two. I reckon he might be three behind side bottom. I so, yeah, so for I me think... it goes um, Trelaw, 
and then it goes um, side bottom, and then it goes Adams, because uh, I rate Adams highly, and they rated his finals um, performances. True. So there's no chance he's going to get less midfield minutes after that finals campaign, and then it's Beams. Okay. I think Beams falls at four. So I sh- go on. No, you go. I should add that my rankings isn't more rankings of who I think is the best. It's who I think is most likely to get midfield minutes. Sidebottom shown that he's a fantastic winger, mm. so I think that they will move him there because he's going to be so much better at the wing than yeah. anyone else. Pendlebury and Adams, I think, have shown in the past, have they've kind of played him in different roles a bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, Didn't work either way. No. Adams had a poor year when they tried to play him up forward. He's had an amazing year as a midfielder. I just can't see them going away from that. Right. And here's one from left field. Um, Beams, I think, will have a lot of midfield minutes. Yeah. He has had success in the past as a half forward. Yes, he has. Yes, that's the other thing. So why wouldn't they, you know, consider pushing him up a little bit more and interchanging some time with... Degoe, like when Degoe goes into the midfield for that little bit, Beams is the one that goes. Yeah. I think Degoe is pretty goals. much full forward, so I, I don't. Know, I don't think Degoe will get any mid time because they simply don't need it, and he's mm. too damaging forward. I now. agree. I mean, realistically, they've got a um, just an absolute plethora of riches. So there's, I, I just think there's too many mouths to feed. And while yes, he is still going to average very well, maybe 102 something. Yeah, like I that. think I'm about smack on 100. Yeah, I yeah, 100 to 100. But that's the best. I, I can't see him going like 110 or something yep. or like in, increasing in any great totally way. Totally agree. So he slips a little bit down the draft ladder. Yeah. And I just, I wouldn't take him because you're going to lose money on him. I, I also wouldn't take that. Adams or Pendlebury because I also I have... I think no. all of them are impacted. I'm, yeah. I'm a little bit worried by that. I would, wait, I would wait and see on some of those. Um, Pendlebury is very underpriced. Um, he's been trending down. down he, ha- he has, and, and he's I getting think old. So, yeah, yeah. So for me, he's going to go from an accumulator to just a class player. So that's weird. It feels weird saying this, but there's a chance we might not be touching any of the Collingwood midfielders in salary cap leagues at the start of the year. Yeah, yeah. Until agreed. we get a bit of a sense, on yeah, how like they... see how the cards fall. The, the other thing too, which we kind of saw a little bit this year is Collingwood moving from that everyone scores a lot, everyone possesses the ball, they flip the ball around a lot to more of a Richmond-esque someone will score really well every week yeah. but it's not the same pe- same person every week. Yeah. Do you yeah. reckon they might continue to go down that path? It works for them. They might, yeah. So it's... I, I just wouldn't be starting with any Collingwood. Only about- those... Upper echelon Collingwood midfielders. The guy we I haven't mentioned in the mid rotations really at all is Braden Sire, and Braden Sire played a lot of clearance mid yep. towards the end of the year. He's a and big really bodied. Well. That he played really well. They yeah. really like him, and that's the only role I believe he could play. I yeah. don't think he has the versatility to play elsewhere. I don't think he's a for, like a, a rotating forward. He can't. I wouldn't say that he could play as a defender, particularly given the fact that um, defenders that they're pretty well stocked this with year. Yeah. Yeah. defenders. Yeah, and also they need uh, defenders. Can Considering the clearances and how there's it's one on one at the clearances, you need to be a very good defender. You can't just be that roaming guy that's mm. just chilling in the yeah. back line. What do you think happens to him? Sire? I, I think that he falls just out of the best twenty two, maybe he'll be emergency a lot this year. Um, yeah, so but you know, they Pendlebury's getting older. I think he's probably a Pendlebury replacement. Not in terms of class, but in terms of that inside ability. Okay, I think he starts the year best 22, and I think um, he'll probably play about 17, 18 games because yeah. injuries will happen at some point. Because it'll be yeah. interesting to see where players like Jamie Elliott fall into it. Like, does he come back into the best 22? Because he is, yeah. at, at his best, he is a best 22 player easily. But, yeah. um, you know, it's tough to say. And Daniel Wells is another one. Wells, nah, he's done now. Surely he's got to be done. No, um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's very interesting to find out. All right, that brings us to the end of the trades, guys. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that was a marathon effort. Thanks everyone out there so much for listening in. And uh, you'll be able to join us again in a couple of weeks' time. Matt and I will both be back to do our annual mock draft podcast. Yes, I'm looking forward to that. Actually. And I will be back to the criticizing. Uh, yeah, so heavily criticizing. <laughs> on social post- media. <laughs> posting weird romantic questions it's to us. It's not me, guys. I don't know what else I can tell you. It's uh, not me. Yeah, you say that, but yeah, the evidence from this podcast points to the contrary, mate. So <laughs> we're going to sign off. Thanks again so much for joining us. Thanks for and coming in, Brody. Thank you, Brody. Yeah, no, I appreciate, appreciate it. Thanks it. for having me. It was a lot of fun. Eh? No, it's been fantastic. So we'll catch you all next time. Yeah.